Hey, it's Mark Kinsley, and you listen to us talk a lot about Nationwide, but here's the real question you have to ask yourself. Are you ready to get where you want to go faster? If you want to get there and you want to get there faster, it's really time to start thinking about your partnerships and who you're teaming up with. And if you want to team up with some of North America's most successful independent retailers, you need to join Nationwide Marketing Group. You're going to drive more customers into your store. You're going to make more money and reduce operational expenses. You're going to build a team you can actually count on, and your team is going to be nationwide, its members, and all the great people that you meet through this organization. You're going to connect with top-performing peers in this industry, not to mention all the technical things and the toolkit things like financing and product protection and the exclusive digital marketing platform with certified digital advertising support. It's all there. It's in this giant toolkit known as Nationwide Marketing Group. And we want you to get signed up and we want to see you at the next event coming up in February of 2020. Go to nationwidegroup.org to find out more. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait. Isn't this the only Mattress Industry Podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. Everybody, Mark Quinn with Dos Marcos, and it's Uno Marco today because Mark Kinsley had a last-minute uh, thing come up, and he can't be here, so I'm sad for that. And uh, the good people at Sort of Simmons Betting uh, who are on the podcast today are not going to get the benefit of Mark Kinsley. But you guys are stuck with me. Hello, Derek Miller hey. and Melanie Hewitt. How are you guys? You're wonderful. Hello. We're awesome. Good. Well, today we have Derek Miller. Derek, you're the chief sales officer. Is that the official title or <laughs> like, you know, I mean, should we add something to it or take something out of it? <laughs> well, with you, Mark, you could always add something or take something out. But if you do look at the business card, it does say chief sales officer. So we're going to call that the official title. Okay, good. We'll call that. And then Melanie Hewitt. So you are the chief marketing officer for SSB. And I really want to start with you. And by the way, I want everyone to know, uh, one of the first calls I made, I was the chairman of the Magowitz, uh, Cena Magowitz golf tournament and fundraiser. And one of the first calls I made was to Derek Miller. And uh, Derek and SSB were incredibly generous and uh, did a lot of stuff to help us and uh, uh, solve for pancreatic cancer. Derek was there, sort of spent some time uh, helping us push out some of the social media stuff we did. So thanks, Derek. You guys are always very generous to Roger Magowitz in that event. So appreciate you very much for that. You're welcome. Thanks, Mark. No worries. Uh, so Melanie, you are new to the category. So how long have you been with SSB now? Since January. So that puts us at about nine months. Okay, well, I always like asking this question to people who are new to the industry. Uh, just kind of what are, what are your thoughts about the mattress category in general? I know based on the iComfort launch, you spent a lot of time in consumer research, so you had a chance to talk to consumers about it, but just your kind of view of like our industry and, and how you see it laying out today. Well, it's interesting that you asked that. So when I got here, I just had no idea how much technology was in the product. It just wasn't very transparent to me as a consumer how much goes into to all of these mattresses. And so when I got here, I quickly realized how complicated this industry is, how important technology is in terms of product innovation and product truly wins at the end of the day. 
And of, of course, I had my my own thoughts about marketing and wanting to in, enhance our brand image and brand appeal as a company. So it's been a fun ride, and it's been a lot of learning. Yeah, and so do you think we complicate it, Melanie? Oh yeah, it's much too complicated. I mean, it, it's complicated, but um, don't you think the industry has a tendency to complicate it further by trying to go down into some of the weeds there, or do you think that we do a good job of simplifying the real opportunity we don't we as in legacy brands don't simplify well at all which is why the d2c brands have had their rise because what they really brought to the table was simplification and i kind of liken it to like stereos i mean do you you know the, the name brand of your stereo it's sony or it's this or that but if you look at those model numbers those are insanely complicated and, and you have no idea what you actually purchased and in some ways there's a there's a lot of parallels to the mattress industry yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, well, good. That's that's good to hear. And um, you know, I was really a fan of what you did on the iComfort launch in terms of the research. I think it's really important. I don't think probably enough of that gets done. And it's going to be the the guys like SSB and and Tempur-Sealy and the bigger companies that have budgets to really drill down and ask consumers important questions because I think that takes the industry in a good direction. So I applaud what you did there. Thank you. We're going to do a lot more. Oh, good, good. And so, Derek, let's talk a minute about like what's going on. Like, what's the? You guys have market coming up in January, and um, you have a lot, uh, a lot on your plate. I know, and you're um, adding some people to the team, and you've got uh, a lot ahead of you. So, uh, tell us a little bit about kind of where you've been spending your time and some of the things that get you excited. Yeah, you said it right there, Mark, about the idea of growing the team. You know, we look at the business where we are today and what we're going to have to do to help our company grow and help our retail partners grow. And a lot of it really involves building the capability of our team and in some cases adding new talent to our team, which we've been doing over the last few months. Um, and so that gets me excited, Mark, because we've been doing this for a long time. And, and when you can bring new talent in and when you can find better opportunities for people on your team today, that creates growth. And I think we're going to see a lot of um, focus around how do we help our retail partners grow, but then also what we can do for learning and development to help our teams grow as well. So let's talk about that. I just wrote a blog. So I launched with my brother um, a company called Hero Bed, and we failed. And, and I say we failed in the blog post. I think the headline I wrote was, you know, how do you define failure? And so uh, SSB has been through some up and down, ups and downs in the last six to 12 months. Writing that blog post was very difficult for me because you're kind of forced to like face some of the things that, um, I don't know, in, in hindsight, which is obviously 2020, and maybe I would have done some things differently. But I also think whenever you go through things that um, are tumultuous, that's there's great learning in that. And so um, I know you're at Nationwide and you sat on stage and you took a lot of questions from people. And you did a great job of just being up there and you've been listening to some of your retailers. So what are you hearing from the retail partners? You said we want to do things that are going to help that grow. What kind of things are you hearing right now? Um, what kind of things do you think that you guys need to be doing to really serve them in a way that's going to help you and them both grow? I think it's a great question, Mark. I, I think what I hear more than anything else is that the retail partners are looking for us to come to them with ideas and initiatives and solutions that they feel will help them grow as well. 
They don't want us to just come to them and say, hey, here's a chance to sell more of my mattresses. They want us to come to them with solutions that help their business grow as well. And they're looking for outside the box thinking. Um, never in my time in the industry have I seen more retail partners saying, hey, what do you think of this? Whether it's mattress in a box or direct to consumer or the growth of omni-channel. And so I feel like this is our opportunity to really help them with solutions more than we ever have before. But to do that, we have to think differently than we have as a sales team as well. Because so much of what we've typically done has been uh, come to the retailer with some type of solution with a mattress or a box spring that we make in our factory. And now there's opportunities to create uh, business solutions that go beyond our four walls. And so it's gonna, it's gonna force us to think outside the box in a big way. And so Melanie and I have partnered on some tools and, and training that we think helps our sales team be better partners to the retailers. And it's gonna dovetail really well with a lot of the products that Melanie and T will be bringing to market as we go forward. Derek, over the, over the past, I don't know, I wanna say five years, maybe even longer than that, um, it, it kind of fluctuates back and forth, you know, in, in terms of the, the proper service level to retailers, in terms of guys in the field calling on them. Do you think that you need to be doing more of that, less of that? Do you feel like you, you're in a sweet spot there? Like, wh where is your head on that? It's a great question. We, um, we know we have some opportunities, Mark, to redeploy some of the force and, and kind of go where the puck is going. Um, one of the things that my new team and I are really looking at with fresh eyes is to say, where do we know we have uh, the right people, but are they doing the right things? Where do we need more people, period, you know, for a particular coverage model that we're looking to create? And could there be ways that we optimize? Um, and so we are looking at a combination of all three. I think that there are some channels that don't need a traditional um, visit from a sales representative like we've always paid. Uh, there's merchandising visits and there's training visits. So we're looking at the difference between the two. And I think in general, Mark, there are a couple of key areas in the independent channel specifically where we are going to look to add more boots on the ground. Um, and we've already started some of that work and we've got more to do. Um, that's part of what my new team and I are, are really looking through right now. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it's gonna be a combination of trying to provide great service through the FaceTime that we can provide with direct representation, some of the inside sales opportunities that we have with teams here in Atlanta, and then just being smart about when and where we send our people so that our retail partners feel like they're getting what they need from us. What do they need right now? I mean, it's it's a weird time, isn't it? And Melanie, I wanna to talk to you about this kind of from your perspective as well, but I think it's a weird time. Retailers are, are struggling, some of them, with all the direct-to-consumer brands out there. You've got Amazon really commoditizing uh, kind of what's going on in terms of the category as well, which is a really interesting dynamic. I think it's happening in a lot of consumer product space. Um, but what what do you feel like the retailers are needing, Derek, mostly? And then how is SSB going to try to help address those needs? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll, I'll say what they're looking for, and I'm probably going to look to Melody to say, help me. Uh, the two biggest things that I'm finding, Mark, that they are looking for are insights to what the consumer wants and then digital support. I just find that over and over in those conversations, when Melanie and team start to walk them through what we see through consumer insights, our retail partners are fascinated. They probably know a lot of it because they've done some of the work themselves, but they love to pressure test and understand what we're seeing as well. And then it's about, okay, well, how do we go and bring the customer to us? 
And I feel like more than ever, omni-channel and digital is an area that we spend a lot of time focused on. And, and certainly what we can do from our side to help our retail partners. Melanie, anything you'd want to add to that? Yes, it's simple. Retailers need brands. And the reason they need brands is how consumer shop has completely transitioned. 80% of them go online in their shopping journey. Might even be higher than that, but that's our most recent data from January, which means that they're looking for the product online. They want to read ratings and reviews. They, they want to take a look at the price. They want a lot of information. And if you don't have brands and a simplified portfolio, they can't access all of this information and it's a bit of a dead end. And then they get rerouted into other product lines. So the, the game has changed. Um, it used to be have derivatives and make sure there was no pricing transparency or comparison in the marketplace. And that's, that's not how people want to shop anymore. So, Melanie, one of the things that I say, and I want you to push on this <clears throat> in, in my concept of this thought, but, you know, like there, there used to be back when I was at CLE, we talked about awareness, right? So there was aided awareness, unaided awareness. And so that was one concept. Tempur-Pedic came along and did like a whole different kind of push. So did Select. They spent all kinds of money and created what I call preference, which the industry does as well. But so there's the awareness, there's a preference, and now you've got purple and nectar and all these guys spending big money. Um, we've heard reports 300 to $400,000 a day, some of them. So um, in terms of brand and being a preferred brand, like where is Serta on that thinking? And like, what is the direction for you guys in terms of just keeping the, the legacy, the tradition of the Serta brand and the Simmons brand in front of the, the consumers so that it is a pull uh, into retail? Our North Star right now is that consumer will walk into the store and either ask for Serta, Beauty Rest, Simmons, Tough Needle by name. So we want our names, our brands to be requested by name. And we're going to do that. Awareness is important, but you can, the awareness levels across a lot of brands are healthy right now. Ours still are in the top. But we're really focused on consumer preference, purchase intent, and appeal. So then there is, uh, if it's your North Star, then that's obviously saying that you are going to be putting a lot of focus there. And um, there obviously is going to require an investment to do that. So that's definitely kind of the future for Serta Simmons. Yep. So we are, I'm so happy to tell you this, increasing all of our advertising investment across all of our brands going into 2020. Good. So are you going to share those numbers with people as it comes closer to market or... Is that something you're going to kind of keep under the tent? We're sharing some of the numbers. So we've been very transparent that we put an incremental $4 million into the month of November this year behind the iComfort launch. And then as we get into 2020 and we sharpen up those numbers some more, we'll give more guidance when appropriate. What are your thoughts, Melanie, since we're talking about the, the marketing and the, and the advertising push, what are your thoughts on rising acquisition costs? Do you see those continue to, to go up for the mattress category, or have you seen that stabilize a little bit? With acquisition, do you mean like in search, or do you mean buying a company? Yeah, sorry, my fault. Um, poorly asked question. Um, so acquisition cost, meaning uh, the cost for um, an ad in the digital space that inspires a, um, a, a conversion point, right? So a click, or uh, obviously the ultimate conversion being a purchase. So just getting the attention of someone and then getting them to do something with that piece of media that you put out there, 
um, just getting that click or getting that uh, transaction is, is becoming more and more expensive or has it stabilized a little bit and uh, it's it's kind of because you know the, the retail guys out there I think they're having a hard time they're competing with you know a lot of guys out there spending big money on the name and the word mattress for instance in the digital space so what are your thoughts on 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 that Right. So, so my thoughts are that the costs are still increasing but at a much more modest rate than what we saw before. And it's a couple things. So the D2C guys are, are not seeing the tremendous growth that they had online before. So we, you know, we are we're seeing growth in terms of online transactions, but not at such a rapid pace just because there's already quite a few. And now there's more and more people fighting for those. So the cost is still growing up a little bit. But most of them have had to look outside of the internet to find additional sales. Hence the, the move of purple into traditional retailers and Casper's continuous um, um, forefront into opening more retail stores. Sarah, what's up? Oh my gosh, Mark, hi. Nice to see you. I'm doing good. Well, good, good. Hey, you know what? I was in Savannah, Georgia recently. And I was at a Badcock event where they have like all their stores. They have like 350 stores or something crazy. Yep. And and I hadn't met those guys. And I was there working with Sherwood and their new Stanhope collection, which is this really high end. You're aware of that, all that. They, they said they loved you, by the way, because you helped them create the packaging for all that. Is that right? We did. We had a big hand in that. We, um, we, we do that all the time, helping customers with private label. And um, so we have a fun time working with them. And certainly their new Stanhope collection looks awesome. Well, you know, Kim, the buyer there, she's like, I love Sarah. I go, I know. She's pretty cool. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Anyway, I had the, I, so I got to see those guys. And then I, I had one of the Pure Care pillows on one of the Stanhope mattresses that we had there. And you would not believe how many people made a comment about those pillows. They love them. It's that cool pillow. What, tell, tell me which one it is. And then um, I, I and, and then uh, who was it? Oh, Anthony kind of showed me how to train people on it. So I was training people on your pillows, kind of showing them how to unzip it and you can take the baffle out. But that, that pillow is pretty incredible and you can do a lot with it. Yeah, it's a cool pillow, literally, because it is one of our cooling collection pillows. It's the soft cell chill pillow. Um, when it comes to the Pure Care line. And it has um, that patented top uh, that just is provides an incredible feel. And, and part of what's so cool about the top of that pillow is that for people who love down and the feel of that, it pockets it so that that feel is consistent. One of the issues I have with down pillows is that that down shifts around and that feel starts to kind of change throughout the night. That's one of the brilliant things about this pillow is it gives you that really soft, consistent comfort. Uh, but you're right, you can unzip it and remove an inner pillow so that it adjusts the loft of the pillow, which is awesome for adjustable base mattress stories. Uh, and then you flip it over and it's got a really um, great memory foam. I think it's cooling gel topped as well. So. Um, it's just got a hundred different things you can say about it, and it really does an excellent job of fitting a number of different sleepers. So my wife, Bridget, is one of those people that like wants to sleep on the same pillow like maybe the rest of her life. <laughs> you know, she yeah. doesn't want to. She doesn't want new pillows, and I'm like, you can't do that. You know, you, you 
you drool in the pillow, honey, you got to get new pillows. So I just literally this week took that filling out because she likes a really flat pillow. Mm -hmm. I took that filling out. So I got it like to where it was a thin profile. And then I got the Frio pillow case protector on top of that. Yep. And so she laid on that thing. And I'm telling you right from the beginning, uh, she totally loved it. So anyway, she's a big fan. And that is, you're right, versatile. That pillow is totally versatile. So, versatile. so great design. I loved it and she loves it. So um, home run on that one. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for the feedback from the uh, Bad Cock Show. That's really exciting. You bet. They love you. I'm not surprised. So do we. All right. Take care, Sarah. Thanks, Mark. In terms of like what you guys have coming up, January market's right around the corner. And so uh, you guys have some new stuff coming out there. You want to talk a little bit about kind of where you're headed with uh, what you're going to be showing folks? We have a combination of new products. I've been advised not to tell too much. But I mean, so you're going to feel like I'm like deflecting here. But I'm going to say, Melanie, what, what are we allowed to share with Mark about our new product? This is, this is uh, not a great place for secrets, Derek. So I understand. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Yeah, Derek and I um, have lots of plans. We're cooking up for January market. Two things we're excited to talk about is the next phase of iComfort is the iComfort hybrid beds are going to be showing at January market. And then also we're going to be doing a relaunch on Beauty Rest Platinum. There's, there's more than that, but those are the two that we're ready to talk about today. Yeah, and feel free, Mark, if you want to keep asking me questions and I'll just have Melanie answer. I mean, we could do this for a while. There, <laughs> Fast, I'm fast learning here that I should just direct them straight to her and just say, well, I, I, I do have a role on this podcast, sir, and it is to provide value at some point for you. Well, and you and you look good. So <laughs> there's that. I, I don't get to do video with everyone. So anyway, um, so that so Rajan Dev out on our Facebook page was actually asking specifically about platinum. And so, Melanie, can you tell us anything about Platinum and like what you're doing there, or are we going to have to wait for a market to see it? I'll give you some clues and see if you can solve the riddle. Mm. Right. We are investing just as much in consumer insights behind the Platinum launch as we did on iComfort Phone. So you can expect big things there around the investment. And then you will see us leaning into our heritage and our independent support. Got it. Okay. Heritage. Got it. Mm. Um, it so, hey guys, you, you, you acquired Tuft and Needle, um, or it was a merger. I'm not quite sure how the, the language should be there, but we'll not worry about that part. But, you know, culture is a big deal. And um, I know Dehi and JT, I've been to their offices in, in Arizona. Great guys. Uh, they built a very nice company. They understand the digital space and how to drive sales direct to consumer. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how is that coming along? Is the, is the culture kind of you guys figuring that part out? And the second question is, um, what can we expect from Tuft & Needle? Are they pushing further into brick and mortar? Yeah, so I'll start and then Derek's gonna come behind with the, the second part of the answer. So it's going really well. So we're really pleased with the integration and we're getting a lot of the things out of the merger that we expected and wanted. So a great example of that is beautyrest.com just went live on October 1st and the Phoenix team built this entire site and it's fantastic and for us it's a huge step forward. I think in terms of culture, there was an expected 
growing there around their very performance marketing based and uh, very agile. And you could say that the Atlanta based team, you know, we've been, we've been more legacy and looking at um, brand awareness and some higher pieces. So you take these billion dollar brands and you combine it with a, a smaller uh, brand and there's been a blending of us learning and helping and growing from each other. And as we work through that, we're both seeing the benefits of the partnership. So I'm going to toss it to Derek though, because I think some of the interesting things is a lot of the retailers are interested in tufted needle. Yeah, it's it's really exciting to think about how much demand there is for tuft and needle right now. Um, today, it's really only found in two places from the retail side. You can buy it if you're not buying from tuft and needle directly. You could buy it through Amazon, or you could buy it at Lowe's. And both of those were um, retail partnerships that the Tuft and Needle team had established prior to our companies coming together. And so what we're focused on now, Mark, is we know that there is an appetite for a lot of other retailers to carry some type of product from Tuft and Needle. What we're focused on is how do we create what I would call a traditional retail friendly lineup that allows for the retail partner to make the economics that they're looking for and, and have a step up story. Uh, because oftentimes, if you just launch with one bed, that's not enough to create the program, especially at traditional retail. So we are working through a series of options right now and looking to come back to our retailers, um, probably at Las Vegas market as an example, with some options that would be more favorable for their floors um, and not just online. Because I think if retailers said, I could just sell, sell it online, we could take the product we have. But there's a huge appetite to bringing it in store as well, which we have to have display and step up. And that's what we're working through right now. And they've got a lot of different types of products. They're expanding into the sleep ecosystem. So there are certainly more than just the mattress that they can buy. For sure. And that's been something else that we've talked a lot about, Mark, is just those other products, the adjacencies. And again, the in-store experience, because if you go to a Tufton Needle store today, it is a very unique experience. And we want to try to leverage some of that as we think about bringing the Tufton Needle brand to retail partners and their showrooms as well. Okay, and thank you, Robert Wilson Barnes and to Katie Law for your, your question on that one. Um, can you also talk about, I was in a Lowe's and I saw a um, CERTA display at Lowe's. So not just Tufton Needle, but CERTA. And so can you talk about Big Box and what Serta or Simmons and the brands are doing there and maybe some ideas to strategy and you're pushing to uh, those those bigger box uh, outlets. By the way, I, I remember being at Serta and we would call those in Home Depot and I don't know how many conversations we had with them back when I was there. And I think everyone, that's a good distribution platform because those guys love the margins in our category. So uh, congratulations on that. But um, what what are, what are you guys planning in terms of of, uh, of that growth? Yeah, I could speak to some of it. I can tell you, uh, to your point, those phone calls that were made several years ago, there was interest, but they couldn't quite find a way to execute, whether that was a Lowe's or a Home Depot or some of the other big box um, type retailers. But I really do believe, Mark, that Mattress in a Box helped open a door to this category that has now made it very exciting for big box to jump into. And so one of the things that I see happening now is not only do they want to play in the mattress category and big boxes help get us there. Now it's more about how do I create a bigger program, a step up story, um, something that will allow me to grow my ticket from where we started from. And so I'm excited. Um, I think that innovation and to Melanie's point, the power of the brands 
coupled with this ability to get a mattress into a box and get it from point A to B quite easily, I think it opens up a lot of exciting opportunities in the big box channel specifically. So Derek and Melanie, this is probably a question for you both. Does it, are you hearing any pushback, Derek, from uh, other, you know, smaller brick and mortar stores in terms of going into big box? Is that causing any kind of anxiety on their part going into places like Lowe's with the Serta brand or the Simmons brand? You know, I think if you look back at the last couple of years, we've expanded our brand portfolio quite a bit. We've had mattress in a box programs from both Serta and Beautyrest for the better part of two years. And so it's really just expanding that now, Mark. Um, I think that omni-channel, e-com, the ability to get product from point A to B has changed so dramatically in the last two to three years. I don't want to say that the rules of engagement have completely changed, but I do think that the appetite for working creatively and working outside the box um, has really changed a lot of the retail perception. And so I think that we will continue to have very strong product opportunities that I would call more tailored for traditional retailers. But I also think that this idea of mattress in a box and this expanding of the brand portfolio opens up doors that just weren't there a year or two ago. And so the appetites have changed. No. Okay. Okay. And thank you, Chris Carroll, for that question. Um, and so guys, I know you're in, in terms of time. So one more, actually two more questions. One is direct to consumer. So um, boy, I remember back in the day, I, it doesn't seem like that long ago, uh, going direct to consumer with a, as a manufacturer into the consumer space, uh, you had to be really careful doing that. Now, it seems like everyone's kind of doing that. So the line's been crossed and that's kind of uh, typical for um, the industry today. Um, how is that going for you guys? Um, and what are the, the future plans in terms of expanding that? I know you're, you're strong with Serta, Tuft & Needle and um, Beautyrest. And part of the acquisition of Tuft & Needle was to help kind of understand that. So smart play there. Um, how are things going there and any uh, anything you can share about future direction? It's going great and really it's a marketing tool. So you have to have these dot coms in terms of marketing to give people the, the product reviews and again the information that they're seeking. And so interestingly, we were with one of our largest retailers recently and we were talking about this and one of the first requests was, okay, well, Here's the products that I sell. When is that going to be up on beatrest.com in a more visible way? So actually the retailers have interest in it too, because everybody sees the value of it as a tool. So what you can expect from us is that our, across all of our major brands, you're going to see .com sites and, and really that's how we think about it. And so on that note, Doug Ackland wanted to know in the direct to consumer channel, how do you guys handle like a, you know, the, the return rates in the D2C space are pretty high. How do you guys handle that, like the returns and the comfort exchanges and those types of things? Yeah, so I mean, we have a pretty straightforward process when those come back in. Our benchmarking tells us that on Tuft & Needle, our return rates are actually quite a bit lower than uh, some of the others out there, like Casper and Purple. And so we think that's because of the product quality and then also the value of our customer experience team. So they're very, very quick at responding. And one of the first things they try to do is assess, you know, what's the issue? And we find that a lot of times uh, it's a comfort issue. And if we send out, um, if we do things to, to address that comfort issue, we don't always have a return. So we've been able to keep those returns low. 
And if we do need to accept them back, that's that's not an issue. We reprocess them like others. So where do they go though? Once you get them back into your system, how is that handled? Uh, well, they're not put back up for resale, so we do dispose of the product. Yeah. Okay. And that's a, that's a good, that's a good question because um, I think there was some confusion on that. So I'm glad that, glad that we can kind of clear that up. And that was a question by Doug Ackland. So uh, in this, in the interest of time, cause I know you guys have to go, I want to hit you both with a final question and um, Derek, we'll start with you. Um, what is your, I don't know, is there a hope that you have for the industry? I mean, where would you like to see us go? Is there something that you would like to see the industry do differently or focus on differently? that would help the category in in general just become better wow that's a big one um i think the two things that i would hope for the industry would be that there would be a way for all of us to tell more of a sustainability story of some kind because i think that this category would benefit from that and i also would love as many of us would to find ways to shorten the purchase cycle um, we create such great innovation and such strong products and then to think about the fact that a consumer will buy something from us and then we won't see them again for 8, 10, 12 years. I would love to find a way to keep them coming back faster. Uh, so those are two hopes that I would have. You know what, on, on, on that note, just a quick follow up, Derek. Uh, Dale Carlson um, always asks this question, you know, in terms of innovation. So if you look at the electronics industry, which probably isn't a fair comparison, but um, uh, innovation drives interest in product, right? And so how much time is SSB putting into that where, like, is, is there a next best thing? Like memory foam was a big thing. Microcoils were a big thing. Like, you know, is there a next best thing as you guys look into raw material development and in other industries, maybe for inspiration? Is, is innovation something you see that will drive consumers into the market to shorten that cycle? As I turn it over to my good friend, Melanie, <laughs> to crush this one out of the Because Derek knows like I'm giving him the eye. <laughs> yes, there is. And we have two things we're working on that we think are very breakthrough. We're hoping to bring one of them to market next year, but TBD because we're still undergoing some testing. Okay, cool. And then Melanie, same question back to you, which was, um, and again, I love that you are um, newer to the, the category. Like, what do you what do you see when you look into it, and what is your hope? Like, where where do you think we as an industry and the category? How can we get better and become more important to the consumer? Well, I think Derek gave a nearly perfect answer. So, uh, without copying his answer, because I do think sustainability is correct in shortening the purchase cycle. I would just add on that I really do believe that we all need to believe in brands and support brands. Um, it's better for everybody. It helps us increase the price of the ticket. It helps us um, sell that consumer when they walk in the door and, and enables better margins for our retail partners. So I'm a big champion of brands, hmm. um, making sure that we de develop brands that have consumer intent, purchase intent and appeal behind them, which is what we're busy doing to help everybody profit and grow. Yeah, and the, and the brand growth, if you look at all of the money, I, I don't know that there's ever been a time, Melanie, you probably have the research to support this comment or question, I'm not sure what how it's going to come out, but um, has there ever been a time, how about that, where um, there's been this amount of money poured into the mattress category? Um, if you look at a lot of the direct-to-consumer guys out there spending money, it just seems like 
Um, I, I've never seen a time when there there have been that many people putting that kind of investment into brand building. We are in the midst of epic spending. <laughs> so that is an entirely different ball game when hundreds and hundreds of million dollars are being spent all around us. So, so really what it's done is changed the whole share of voice equation. Um, it's beneficial to the industry in terms of category because lots more consumers are hearing about us. But yes, it's definitely very different than where we were and it is an all time high. You know, Serta and Simmons are both have, huge, both have a huge advantage. You're not trying to get the plane off the ground, which requires a lot of fuel. Mm -hmm. You guys have a legacy brand already. So, I mean, what do you think it takes these days, Melanie, to create preference for a brand? What kind of investment is that? Well, it's two types of investment as opposed to just a number. So the, the first is you really have to invest in product and product wins. So hands down, this is the type of category where consumers know a great product and great product sells itself and RSAs have an easy time selling it. So we're investing a lot internally on product and product innovation. And then I think the second part of it is when it comes to marketing, it's not just all about your number of dollars and shelling out all your dollars. I really believe it's about creating that engagement with the consumer and being culturally relevant. So that was a huge opportunity for us is refresh these brands make sure that across the age spectrum and all of our different consumer segment types that our brands are relevant with our consumers. So you're going to see a very different change in how we go to market with our advertising. In fact, we're about to do something really fun with iComfort here in mid-November where you're going to see a partnership that's pretty different than what we've done in the past. Wow, a lot of stuff coming, right guys? Yeah, lots. I love it. Well, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Well, hey, listen, you guys, I can't thank you enough. Um, I really appreciate you guys taking time and sharing some of those thoughts. Uh, did I, is there a question I missed? Is there anything else that you want to add to the conversation before well, we you, sign off? You didn't ask us about pizza. And, oh, and, right, right. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> I, I, and that was going to be the easy one. So, uh, Andrew Schlesher <laughs> on the uh, mattress industry sales people Facebook page wanted to know from both of you and Derek I'll be happy to ask you first so you can defer to Melanie <laughs> and she can you like but is it New York style pizza then uh, New York style pizza or is it deep dish Chicago yeah Which one? so and, and to be clear I, I knew I could answer this one without <laughs> looking over at my friends so let's just put that on the record okay um, the fact that I married into a New York Italian family 17 years ago tells me that the choice without a doubt is New York style. Wow. All right. Good. Okay. Answer. Very good. And way to protect that marriage. Yes. I wanted it. <laughs> yes. New York all the way for me. I, nothing better than a thin pizza, especially at 2 a.m. New York all the way. Okay. Well, guys, I appreciate it. And Melanie, you said you were conflicted. You have a lot of friends in Chicago. So. I do, so I had to go out on a limb there, <laughs> but that's all right. They'll have to, but my heart says New York style pizza. <laughs> okay, well, that, that we have to go with the heart. All right, well, you guys, thanks a lot. We we appreciate it and uh, appreciate everyone at uh, Serta Simmons and uh, best of luck and continued success. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having us on today. We really appreciate it. You bet. Oh, by the way, last question. Have you ever <laughs> in all of your life run into a better mattress industry podcast in the galaxy. Are we overstating it when we say we are the best mattress industry podcast in the galaxy? No, it's true. <laughs> <laughs>
could you overstate something so wonderful? No, you can't overstate that. <laughs> and there you have it. Thanks, guys. Thanks Take care, Mark. Have a great day. See ya. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. Cool as ice. And I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce. Now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get high. If you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Right. Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses